Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hi guys, hope you're well. It's Thursday evening here. It's Mark O'Hare speaking from Wheel of Betting to help steer the ship towards some weekend value from the Premier League and beyond. And with me, as ever, to discuss the odds, the lines, the markets is the punter's pal, Tom Love. How's it going, mate? <laughs> yeah, uh, very well. Thank you, Mark. Very, very busy week, of course, with even more Champions League and Europa League. And then Straight away, even before the Europa League's finished, we're already casting our eye on the weekend and trying to find some bets. So, um, yeah, um, nice to land a couple of naps last week from me and Will. So, hopefully, a bit more of the same this weekend. Yeah, we've got Will Dyer back again after bagging. I think that's your second successive nap. Well done, Will. Um, a shame your Swindon Oxford game didn't go ahead. Yeah, um, hoping that coronavirus doesn't put paid to, to much more of these leagues. But yeah, no, glad to be back again. Um, good job we have this European football midweeks to nurse us through these dark evenings. Yeah, it's very depressing now, isn't it? The clocks have gone back, the rains, well, the rains have arrived. It's getting a bit chilly. Winter is on the way. Um, but we're going to jump straight into the games this week. Uh, we're going to preview the big game in the Premier League, as always, and the big match from Europe and then focus on the guys' best bets, which is like what you're all after, really, I guess. Um, so the standout fixture in the Premier League is again on Super Sunday, Manchester United hosting Arsenal. United have seen some support since that Leipzig game, now into 11 to 10-ish, that's 2.1. Arsenal around 13 to 5, that's 3.6. Um, I found United quite hard to read this season. Uh, not massively seduced by that price either myself, uh, whereas Arsenal seem to have fixed a few... I guess mentality and, and defensive issues under Arteta, but haven't really found the balance going forward. So I don't think this Arsenal team will stray too far from a system they employed at Anfield or the Etihad. Will, I'm going to come to you first on this one. It's a big game at Old Trafford, but, but what's your play? Yeah, uh, I didn't really expect that 5-0 last night either. I, I didn't back United. Um, I found them pretty hard to call as well. Um, so well, thankfully, I haven't really opposed them or or been on them. So this is not really an issue. But um, yeah, I looked into um, the shots data on this and Man United's XG isn't isn't that pretty um, compared to Arsenal's, which is actually positive. Arsenal's is 8.2 scored, expected to 7.7 against, whereas United actually have a deficit of, of 7 scored to 9.7 conceded. Um, I guess a lot of that comes out of that Spurs 6-1 uh, thrashing and the, from the red card incident. But um Moreover, though, throughout the rest of this season, um, United are allowing a lot of shots against compared to Arsenal. Um, 13.4 over the whole fixture list and 10.8 for Arsenal. There's been a bit of a change at Arsenal, um, especially on the on the card front as well. Like last season, they were the, they were the most carded team and they've gone down to, uh, I think, their 19th now for, um, for fouls, fouls committed. So... Something's kind of changing there um, and their kind of style seems to have changed a little bit, but they're still offensively really quite inferior, aren't they? I think um, mm. they've only they've only managed 8.8 .8 shots per game, which is pretty poor um, compared to United, who are on 14.2. So I think it's just unsustainable um, to be... I mean, one thing I looked at was actually the shots, um, percentage of shots that are actually shots on target. And Arsenal are definitely over-indexing on that. Um, 
is for every shot they have, well, basically every game they're, they're averaging 8.8 shots per game and four on target. So each, so it's 2.2, basically the ratio, whereas, which is the second highest in the league, only, only Spurs have a higher than that. So, I mean, you can have clinical finishers or people that are very good at hitting the target, but I don't think it's that. I just think that they've, they've actually been hitting the target more than they will continue to do. United are at 2.6, so they're having a lot more shots, um, but less of them are on target. But I think that that's more of a sustainable number that will continue to happen. Um, maybe Arsenal creating... Um, I mean, they've had a fairly tough fixture start with, with Leicester, City and Liverpool. But then again, that's kind of countered by... They've had those three difficult games, but three fairly easy ones, otherwise with Sheffield United, West Ham and Fulham. Um so I, I I don't really agree with I, I'm not going to be backing them at eleven to ten. Um, it's not, it's just a bit too short. I can't really exactly like you said call what's going to happen with United. Can't really call what system Ali's going to go for. Calling him his, by his first name again, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, um, so for me, I kind of just look. Um, United got a, a bit of good feeling, obviously going on from from European wins against PSG and Leipzig, but they're still fifteenth at the moment in the Premier League and. Yeah, who, who knows? They could just chuck in another terrible game like they had against Palace. Um, my gut tells me they'll win it. They'll, they'll probably will win it, but it's probably going to be some fairly fine margins. Um, it's Mike Dean um, with the whistle. Uh, I, he last ref this game back in 2015, and he only gave one card. And obviously, normally we we consider this a bit of a derby match, not really, but more just a a top tier kind of game, which is obviously been rivalry. A, rivalry. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really, yeah, really buy into it too much. And Mike Dean has been a bit untrustworthy. He he also rest, um, ref this back in in 2014, and he only gave three cards in that as well. So I was considering the unders, and it's under 4.5 cards is uh, is 11 to 10 at Bet365. But again, it's just something I can't really get on board with. And Thomas Partey's joined Arsenal. Um, while I did say about Arsenal having. Uh, changing in terms of fouls per game this season, part card every one in every three games, which would be if he continues at that, which I doubt he will because that's a La Liga average, really. But that's one of the the dirtiest players in the Premier League for sure. So, not I'm not going to go on unders um, either. <laughs> I'm going to look to the penalties because United have been obviously just a, the absolute best kind of thing to follow when it comes to penalties. Um, and they're four to one to score a pen at Skybet and Bet three six five. Uh, long term, Mike Dean has the highest um, average of penalties per game. He's 0.33, so one in every three. Gave one in the Sheffield United game last time out uh, to kind of blow the cobwebs away because he hadn't done one this season yet. Um, and the last time he refed either of these teams, so he refed Arsenal playing Watford in July and United playing Bournemouth earlier in July. And in both of those fixtures, he gave a pen to either team. So. Uh, maybe that's something to read into as well. And I just, I think that that's probably the safest, well, maybe it's not a safe bet, but the most value bet that I could find really would be Arsenal, uh, United to score a pen. I wouldn't look at Arsenal. They they just, they don't really get awarded them. Um, not really sure why, but United clearly very good at it. Yeah, no, I like that 4-1 to one, Man United to score a penalty against Arsenal on Super Sunday. Uh, Tom, United have, uh, yeah, they've been a curious team. Blue Newcastle away. One away at PSG, then that terrible game against Chelsea last weekend when we were all expecting a, a bit of a show, and then uh, 
in midweek the Bruna against Leipzig. So are you kind of boarding the United train and backing them at eleven to ten? And if not, what's your bet? Um, no, not not quite the price for me at United as well. Um, just given how erratic they are, as you mentioned, Mark. I mean, I was quite keen on getting Leipzig on side. Uh, made to look a bit of a fool there, but um, I just think that's a, the case. Leipzig just didn't turn up. I mean, you've got to give United some uh, credit for the defensive display there. Limited Leipzig to about 0.46 expected goals. Um, having said that, they didn't probably deserve to score five goals. It kind of tailed off at the end there for Leipzig. Um, so that may, might be a bit of stat padding there for United. But yeah, it, it's two teams here that I just don't really like to get on side, to be honest. Um, Arsenal away from home rarely are a bet for me. Uh, I appreciate that they have changed up quite a few things under Arteta, as you mentioned, Mark. They're more disciplined. Uh, they're probably more defensive as well. So I kind of um, headed to a couple of different markets here. Um, I'm aware that Dean is the ref, but I think that he's one of these refs who really loves a the crowd there. He loves to play up and uh, kind of be uh, the centre of the centre of stage and kind of play the pantomime, if you will. So I think that he might kind of not not be as prevalent with the cards this season. Um, and I was quite keen to get unders on the goals on side as well. Uh, the goal line's at 2.75, and you can back unders at about 1.94 at the minute, which is interesting. Um, but I'm going to head to the bet builder market uh, with Bet365. You can do this with a couple of different uh, firms, actually. And back under four goals in the game, and both teams to have under five cards. And that pays four to five or 1.8. And that looks uh, a really nice way to kind of boost up that price on under 3.5. Just mainly, I'd I'd much rather try and get uh, under four goals on side rather than under three goals. I'm not much of an under three goals backer. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to take that as probably my main bet here. But just following on from what Will mentioned earlier about Arsenal and the kind of surprising lack of cards this season, uh, that also came up when I was doing my research for this. I think that um, if you look at Arsenal, they've not won the card battle, if you will, in any of the games this season, which is really interesting. And they've got zero cards versus West Ham, zero versus Sheffield United as well. Um, so they're not the team that they under Emery. Um, I know they kind of carried on that that train of thought uh, under Arteta towards the end of last season, but it did tail off a little bit. The likes of Gwendouzi isn't there either um, anymore, who was really good for a card. Um, and as we mentioned, they're, they're set up in a more disciplined shape now. They're not as rash going into the tackle. Um, they don't have to commit and engage as they used to under Emery. Uh, so, yeah, I, I quite like the look of um, United. You can back them plus zero on the Asian card handicap with Bet365 at 1.95. So it basically works the same as a drawn or bet market in a normal um, kind of one by two. But here you'll get your money back if it's a tie with the booking. So if it's uh, two apiece, you'll get your money back. Um, but if Man United collect the most cards, you get paid out at 1.95. And that looks really interesting. Um, That's kind of the one that took my fancy because United have only lost the card battle in one of their five games this season, and that was against Brighton. Um, So they've 
seen quite a few cards and um, haven't their opposition haven't picked up too many either. So it's kind of two different uh, teams to the world last season. I think the bookies haven't really considered that. I mean, you can get United to have the most cards if you just want to take that at seven to four with Skybet, which is also quite interesting given the threat that Arsenal do have on the break with Aubameyang, um, Lacazette, Saka, players like that. So. Yeah, I, I think there's um, a few different markets that you could get involved with here. As you say, the one by two doesn't really take my interest, but I'd be more inclined to kind of oppose goals and oppose a quite a high card line. Uh, so my main bet there, under four goals and both teams to have under five cards. That's four to five. And we'll take Man United with a scratch start on the card handicap at uh, 1.95 as well with Bet365. Lovely stuff. So three three bets for the United-Arsenal game from the guys, none of which involve backing United. I like OK, let's move on to the big game in Europe. Uh, forgive us, uh, we forgot to put the poll out this week uh, to see which game you wanted us to cover in Europe. Apologies there, but uh, privately we just decided to cover the Derby della Lanterna in Italy, the Derby of the Lantern or the Derby of the Lighthouse, if you like. Uh, in Syria, as Sampdoria take on their city rivals Genoa on Sunday night. A really underrated derby, definitely one of the best in Europe, not just Italy. Uh, it's a real shame we won't have a full stadium of supporters inside the Morassi. Uh, always a really interesting matchup, these two. Uh, Sampdoria at the home side in the shared stadium are odds on 19 to 20. That's the biggest price you can get, about 1.95. Uh, Genoa, 3 to 1 outsiders. Uh, Samp rejuvenated a bit since the opening day. Uh, defeat to Juventus, they were pretty poor, they've recovered uh, and they've been churning out some decent performances recently uh, up against the Genoa team who've had a rotten campaign really as they did last year uh, but they've had Covid issues this time around, quite unfortunate part to, the, to what's been a poor start to the season so uh, Tom, Sampdoria against Genoa, Sunday night, always a great game in Italy, what's the bet? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of follow on from what you were saying Mark about this being the one of the most underrated derbies. It's probably my favourite up there with the uh, Seville derby between Seville and Betis. Really, oh, yeah. really interesting games these, and um, they do whet the appetite. And yeah, it's a real shame. I'm, I'm almost close to tears the fact that there's no fans in the <laughs> stadium because it, it's always a rocking atmosphere. Love the Marathi. It's a real old school stadium, kind of in the mm. middle of loads of flats, and it's just kind of really rugged you don't see stadium and it does make the atmosphere that much better all these really good tifos and stuff like that as well and obviously because it's a shared stadium they actually split the ticket allocation separately so it's always um it's almost like a cup final fever um at the marassi when these two meet and it makes it really interesting so yeah it's a bit gutting that um we're not going to get fans here um, but I do think that it still should be quite a fiery game. Um, the kind of history between these two is quite interesting as well. I mean, Genoa, the the old school team, really, they were formed in the 19th century by a group of Englishmen. Um, kind of, I think it was a 1890. Club first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, one one of the first ones that kind of started up. Obviously, the the north of Italy kind of reigned supreme in the in the kind of early days of football um whereas the south was quite poor and they did they didn't really compete that much um but yeah they're kind of the the old school club but Sampdoria kind of came in as a merger 
Um, it's quite interesting. I just looked at Sampdoria's history. It was a merger between a club called Sampierdense and Andrea Doria. So he's getting the Samp from one of them, Doria from the other. Uh, forming Sampdoria kind of in the 1940s, I think it was. And since then, they've been really successful on the whole. Obviously, they got to the European Cup final in, I think it was 1992, where they played Barca. I think that was at Wembley. Actually won the Scudetto as well. They've won a few Coppa Italias before then. Um, and Genoa have kind of been, um, had quite a tumultuous past couple of years, so past couple of decades really. Obviously, that I can remember when they went up to Syria um, back in the mid-2000s, around 2005, when they had the likes of Diego Melito banging them in. Uh, they beat Venezia on the last day of the season. And... Um, they went straight back down to Syria Chi because their owner, who's an absolute madman at the time, um, <laughs> even though Venezia were already relegated, they just had to win this game. But um, yeah, he kind of bribed uh, <laughs> the Venezia chairman a quarter of a million do- uh, quarter of a million euros um, to kind of forfeit the game, and he got found out. So they went right back down to Syria Chi. They've made it back up now, um, but I'm pretty scared about the future because the team looks pretty pretty awful at the minute and um, they kind of deserve to be down there. Obviously, they've only played four games compared to most who played five, I think, so there's not as much data on Genoa. And, um, yeah, I think that Sampdoria, 19-20, to 20, I think he said the were. I think that's probably just about a bet for me. Actually, a lot of people will be surprised given it's in um, pretty much the same stadium that both tend to play in that that is the price. But it's understandable because they've got um, a squad that's kind of full of decent, solid performers. They've got a manager who knows how to deal with experienced players really well. And uh, Quagliarella is still in fine fettle, isn't he, at 37 years of age for this season and he's going to be a threat again he's, I looked at him any time here uh, two places have priced it up he's 8 to 11 it's very short that but if you got odds against on Quaglarella to score that's got to be of interest um, but yeah I, I think that they'll win this game uh, mainly because I don't rate Genoa if you look at their squad it's it's a lot of cloggers in there uh, the likes of Birami Milan Bade. Um, Pandev up front Zapata at the back is about 37 or something as well so they've not really um, invested much in the last couple of years either they've not got any kind of threats going forward Christian Kouame who was their top scorer last season went to Fiorentina Um, so they're really lacking anyone of note and they're struggling to score and they're shipping quite a few as well uh, they got battered against Inter Milan last time out. So I think, yeah, Sampdoria probably a bet here, 19-20. to 20. Uh, They're 11-8 to eight to win and under 4.5 goals in the match, which is quite quite a nice boost as well if you want to take something a bit bigger. Given it's a derby, I'm not expecting a real end-to-end game. And given the nature of the two managers, I think they'll want to keep it quite tight if they can. Um, but I do expect Sam to come out on top here. Um, obviously, the cards are going to be an interesting angle. We've got a really good ref for it. 
here and kind of the head-to-heads speak for themselves but given the fact that there is no crowd for kind of the first time it's it's one that I'd rather kind of hold off on until we see the the lines which I expect will be about around over 7.5 probably. Cool lovely rundown great history lesson as well from uh, from Tom so I'm going to move over to you now Will uh, this is normally quite a tasty Tasty matchup. Uh, what's your angle? Are we going to get some beef? Um, Tom did mention the referee there. I think it's Federico La Pena. I'm not sure if you knew that was the appointment, and if so, you know what's what's the angle here? Yeah, being in a derby, I I, I was on refreshing the Syria official appointment page this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that. I mean, I do I do think there'll be some a bit of beef. But uh, the first thing I was kind of looking at was obviously just Sampdoria's last three victories over. Uh, Fiorentina, they were seven to two to win that one. Atalanta, seventeen to four, and Lazio, twelve to five, which is just an amazing um, nine points collected against those three uh, as a big underdog in all of those matches. So I and I'm via an aggregate score of eight two as well, um, and that's even with Quagliarella missing a pen against Atalanta. So yeah, I think the one point nine five is fair enough. I guess it's more just based upon last season. Both of these two were a bit more bottom feeders, kind of. 15th and 17th where they finished they didn't really flirt with relegation did they but um didn't have a great year Genoa changed managers didn't they to Rolando Moran in August mm-hmm. um this is his biggest job yet uh he did okay at Cagliari and Chievo but yeah this would probably be a bit tougher uh well maybe not tougher but um more more intimidating for him um uh, yeah, they haven't scored in their last three games, Genoa. Um, but then again, I guess two of them, well, all three of them were tough, really, because Verona are looking a pretty solid side at the moment. So a nil-nil against them wasn't too bad. And then a 2-0 defeat to Inter and 6-0 at the hands of Napoli. Um, so he's kind of, he had a, he had a good start in his first game, beating Crotone 4-1, but then had, followed it up with three tough matches. Um, so I don't really know if we can really say exactly where they're at at the moment, but um, by the looks of it, their business transfer business was mainly in just chopping and changing forward line rather than really anything at the back. They're not really playing like the expansive football that we're we're all adoring in some clubs across Europe at the moment. So um, I think the one point nine or ten to eleven favoritism for them is probably fair enough. And they've also dominated this since these two since the last. They've basically both been stalwarts of the of Syria. Um, since 2007, at least, was before that was the last time we didn't have this derby um, at the top flight. And since then, Sampdoria have uh, a won 11, drawn five, lost eight in this fixture. So a bit of bit head-to-head favouritism for him as well. Um, I also looked at Quagliarella. I can't. It's amazing how he's still scoring that many at that age. But yeah, eight to 11 is too short for me. Um, yeah, perhaps Ranieri can mastermind like a top top half, maybe even potentially Europa League spot this season with them. But I wouldn't get ahead of ourselves right now. Um, and so I I, I also skipped that. I, I would probably side with um, Sampdoria at ten to eleven. Uh, maybe a small bet for me as well. Nothing nothing major. But my main thing as well is is definitely a base to play on the ref. And I think we mentioned that there'll be no fans. Um, or at least I think there'll be no fans. I'm not sure if there's a new lockdown of sorts in Italy, but because um, we've had some fans at, at stadiums recently, but I think maybe they've they've cut that back to zero now. Um, but either way, 
I don't actually think it's going to be hopefully not too uh, not too important because uh, La Pena has actually given two or more cards to uh, each team in all of his last ten outings, and nine of those were since we've had um, reduced spectators. So clearly, he isn't that bothered by <laughs> by having no fans anyway. Um, and these two, yeah, were the fourth and fifth dirtiest teams in Serie A last season. So. And that ties up with their fouls per game as well. So it's not just them over-indexing on yellows. They love red cards, both of them. Um, I think they had seven for Sampdoria and ten for Genoa, which was a league high last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I do like a red card. Um, but the, the, you don't have all the bookies priced up yet on this. So I kind of sided with just yellows for now. Bet365 put the line at... Um, at uh, 11 to 10 for no sorry 6 to 5 for over 6.5 cards which is which is pretty high la pena um he averages where is it sorry um he averages 5.25 cards per game and 0.29 reds per game which is both on the right side of the average it's not like it's not massive but um i think we can expect cards um for sure based upon the last season's data anyway and it's kind of carried on this season uh, nine of the last 18 Lanterna derbies um, have had each team over 0.5 cards in each half. So basically, yeah, yellow or more for each team in each half. Um, and that bet, so that's 50%, and that bet is 2 to 1 at Bet365. So for me, mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty big play. Usually that market, you're probably getting more like 3 or 4 to 1, but obviously they've priced, they've factored in the teams and maybe the fact that it's a derby. Um, although I don't really know everything about whether traders really bother to take into consideration derbies, but um, they will have they will have looked at this fixture. It's not just a generic price. So yeah, for me that's the main bet over zero point five cards in each half at two to one at bet three six five. Yeah, love that. Lovely, uh, lovely overview from the guys on a game. I'm already excited for Sunday night. Uh, should be should be cracking. Following on from Man United Arsenal. Uh, Sampdoria v Genoa in Syria. Great summarisation. Sampdoria to win from Tom. Uh, possibly a red card from Will, but his favourite bet. 2-1 to one on bet 3-6-5 on over 0.5 cards uh, in each half for each team. Lovely stuff. Um, right, almost time for the main bets, the naps and the next bests and the long shots. But first, it's the competition. We had two winning slips last week. Uh, it was a 3-1 to one shot that won the prize, a £40 prize. Uh, it was a three-to-one bet builder in the Leeds versus Villa game from Christopher Lamond or Lamond. Not sure how to pronounce your surname. Apologies, um, Christopher. Just DM us on Twitter to claim your prize. Well done. It's a forty-pound free bet coming to you. So we're going to roll back to the twenty-pound now this weekend. Uh, same rules apply. Just a little note: we've only had two winners in the past fortnight. So at this rate, any winner whatsoever should get you in with a chance of winning. So some of you are going for quite wild one hundred to one shots or even bigger. So just bear in mind that you know just a winner might get you in the in the running for the for the prize fund. So get tactical about it, guys. Um, anyway, um, you must enter via DM to either Tom, myself, or Wheel of Betting on Twitter, and you must include the code word, which this week is Rashford. Uh, just make sure it's alongside your entry. Again, we're looking for the biggest prize winner. Uh, then winner will scoop twenty pound free bet, and that code word is Rashford. Right, uh, business time. We're going to get the guys' naps and next bests. But first, the long shots will. 72 or larger, please. What's your long shot? Yeah, um, I was scouring the La Liga uh, fixture list and came across Valencia Hatafe, which 
Um, is is yeah two very dirty teams um partnered up with potentially i mean it's early days for um vasquez a new referee to la liga uh, he's only done three games so he's but he's been in the uh, uh segunda for a long time and his average there on reds is uh, 0.35 per game which if he can continue that would be the highest um red card average for a ref in la liga uh, and so far, he's been pretty conservative. I think that's probably fair enough. Like, if you're going to get promoted to a, a top division, you're not just going to come in, or at least, I don't know, maybe it's a bit, it seems to be a bit different over in Spain and Italy, how they react to these things. But um, yeah, he's, I don't think he would uh, just come in and throw them all out all over the place. Um, interestingly, actually, uh, I noticed that um, oh, who was the ref the other day um, has actually been. In Italy, um, oh god, he's been uh, anyway. He's basically been withdrawn, I think, or suspended for a couple of games because just basically given two very light penalties. Um, oh, that was from Monday night, the Milan Roma game. I forget the guy's yeah. name. Giacomelli, was it? Yes, that's it exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I wonder. It's probably not playing on his this guy's mind yet, but they 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 may take it fairly steady at first. But I think if you come across two pretty feisty teams that will go out of the window and he has actually already refereed Valencia and they gave them five yellows when they played Sociedad at the end of September so uh, yeah that's that's probably a, a good sign for us here um, his red to yellow ratio as well is the lowest in the league which is lowest in terms of a good thing in terms of for every uh, so he gives a red card for every 14 yellows he gives um, which basically if we're expecting around seven yellows in this game, which I am, would tell us is about up to about a 50% chance of a red card. You have to factor in other things there, obviously, with not just the referee that, that has an impact on the game, but also multiple red cards per game and little things. So I'd reduce that down to sort of a 45% chance of a red card if we look at just him and his ratios. Um, yeah, uh, last season, Valencia had eight reds and Hetafe had seven Um so, and I don't just looking at how these this team these uh, this game is going to play out. Um, I expect it to be just really scrappy. Neither of these are possession-based teams. Uh, they're both sitting on forty-six percent possession so far. I don't really know how they'll how they'll approach it. It's just like stand off each other. Clearly mm-hmm. not. So I think it will just be lots of set pieces, lots of midfield breaking down. You know, uh, heavy tackles, that kind of thing. Um, it's an evening game as well, which I'm starting to kind of been tracking um, the impact of uh, whether a game is an even game. Same with Sampdoria and Genoa Derby, um, and whether or not that has a has a say in how many cards are thrown out. But um, we're starting to think that, that 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 does. So an afternoon or a morning game is less likely to be cardy than an evening game. It's obviously only marginal, but can can help you out over long term. Um, and yeah, our system makes this uh, just 2.86. So that's about 15 to 8 for a red card. Um, now, I've kind of maybe not gone rogue again here, but um, it's only 5 to 2 for a red card at the moment with Bet365. But I know that that price will be better um, with William Hill when they, it's just, it ne- they never price up a game that low um, at William Hill on a red card market. So I'm expecting about 4 to 1. But you, what may happen um, at William Hill is the, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that the red card in the match single will probably get backed in from, from that opening price. But you'll be able to get on the original price if you add 
um, another bet with it in the bet builder or build your odds function. So usually what I do is either add zero, over 0 0.5 goals, although I this game actually has quite the sounds of a nil-nil on it to me. So I'd actually rather put something like under 4.5 first half goals and a red card awarded. I'm going to just put that up at the the mythical price of uh, four to one for you for now. No, it's uh, great. A long shot. As a, as a question, what what would be the lowest price you take it at? I would take it at uh, five to two, but then it wouldn't okay. be a long shot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I think Atafe have already racked up 21 cards in their first six games, uh, particularly in in the Coliseum as well. When they've been playing at home, they've been just as dirty as when they've been playing away from home, which is what they're doing this weekend. Uh, Tom, your long shot, please. Yeah, I'm going to go into the Friday night game in Germany, actually. Uh, Schalke take on Stuttgart. And obviously, I want to try and get against Schalke in some way, shape or form. And it's actually going to come in a player prop space market. Um, now, it does kind of hinge on if this player starts guessing that this guy, because he was a key player for them last season when they got promoted to the Bundesliga, that he will start. And it's an Argentinian player called Nicolas Gonzalez. He was excellent for them last year, um, a real threat. I know a lot of teams have been looking at him because he's still quite young, but really lively. Gets loads of shots off, and that's where I'm kind of heading. Um, I'm expecting him to start, given the likes of um, Kula Bali could still be out. Eric Tommy is definitely out. Um, Waman Gituka is out as well. Quinton Morley, who's a, who can play at the left wing as well, he's also out, so... There's plenty of offensive injuries for Stuttgart and Gonzalez has recovered from a hip injury. He's been training now for about a week, so I'm guessing that he's going to come back into the starting lineup given his importance. And Stuttgart actually ranks as the seventh best team at the minute for shots in the league, whereas Schalke are conceding the most, um, which isn't a shock um, at all because... They were so bad last season and defensively they just looked so bereft of any kind of confidence. That 3-0 loss against Dortmund was fully deserved. And yeah, they're lacking any kind of cohesion at the back. So I've kind of looked at um, the stats for Gonzalez last season and he actually averaged 1.8 shots on target per 90 minutes, which is really strong. Um, and he kind of plays behind the striker which I, I tend to prefer to back rather than a striker when it comes to uh, shots on target and shots, just because they can get shots off from deeper areas as well. Um, and they can also venture into the box. This is what this guy does. He, he loves to cut in and, and get uh, shots off. And he's seven to four with bet fair to have one shot on target, but you can actually get 10 to one for him to have two or more shots on target. And given Schalke conceding what around 17 or 18 shots per game, and his record last season was 1.8 shots on target per 90, I'd make that half the price. Um, so it is one that you've got to kind of approach with a bit of caution because he's not started uh, this season that much just because he, he was injured. But he's the one who's coming back into a team that's really injury-ridden. And, um, yeah, they, they should be confident of getting a result stuck out. They are quite short, around 6-5, to five, especially given that they've got that many injuries. But um, they've got to take the game to Schalke, given how bad they are. And the Gonzalez should be at the heart of it. So, yeah, Nicholas Gonzalez for Stuttgart to have two or more shots on target. 10-1 to one is too big. 
And where, where is that again, Tom? Which bookie? Um, sorry, that's with Betfair and Paddy Power as well. Lovely stuff. Right, I'm going to stay with you for your next best. So, not your nap, your next best. Far away. Um, Frankfurt, Horst Werder Bremen. Uh, the bet that I like here is Frankfurt to win and both teams to score, which is 21 to 10 with Bet Victor. Well, 3.1 if you if you like your decimals. Um, Frankfurt have actually impressed me yet again. Um, they always seem to start the season pretty well. Uh, on the data, they are faring decent at the minute. I mean, they're, um, their expected points, uh, they're ranked as fifth and... Yeah, they've kind of done that without Philip Kostic for quite a bit of it as well. So it's really impressive. And Kostic has been back in training this week, so he could be back, which is a, a further boost for Frankfurt, who always have played quite attacking football under Adi Huta, who's a manager that I really do admire. Obviously, they've had uh, Europa League campaigns uh, and, and Champions League campaigns, the likes of Couple, couple of last seasons as well, and um, they haven't really had the squad to deal with it all, and it, it kind of meant that they've tailed off in the Bundesliga. But um, they're back at it now, and they've got a good run at it, given they're not in Europe. So I'm, I'm expecting Frankfurt to get the job done, especially at home uh, against a Bremen side who only just stayed up last season, uh, beating Heidenheim in the Bundesliga playoff, and. Um, yeah, I'm not too impressed by what I've seen of Verda this season either, to be, to be honest. I mean, they've improved a bit, but um, I just think that they're, they're struggling um, from open play. They've kind of uh, really took advantage of set-piece situations this season, but um, they were really vulnerable from set-piece situations as well last season. Uh, the defence, they've not really added anyone who's going to give me any kind of belief that they're going to do anything decent this season and uh, going forward though they do have threats they've actually scored in every game this season but they've only kept the one clean sheet and that was against the uh, new boys Arminia Bielefeld who themselves aren't too good going forward when I'm looking at the data so yeah I, I like um, Bremen to get on the score sheet here obviously the, the Bundesliga is quite a high scoring league but um, Frankfurt, with the likes of Silva, Bastost, uh, Kamada as well, the wing-backs get forward, and Kostic, if he's back, I, th- I think the money will come for them. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to boost their price um, to over 2-1 to one by chucking in both teams to score. Um, so 21-10 to 10 with Bet Victor, Frankfurt to beat Bremen, and both teams to score will be my next best. Yeah, like that. Over to you now, Will, your next best. Yep. Uh, oddly for me, I'm actually going to go to a Premier League game by choice. Uh, I just, I've looked at, um, I've been watching a few of Spurs games lately and I just, I think they're amazing going forward. Um, and I mean, obviously that's no, that's not exactly um, inventing the wheel, but um, yeah, they just seem a little bit underrated, I think, at 8-13 to 13 to beat Brighton. Um, I know that there'll be talk of obviously potentially a Europa League hangover, but it is only Antwerp, which is a short trip. Um, and yeah, I was looking into their XG and that would point at Brighton being perhaps quite dangerous. Actually, they're, they're 16th in the league, but it, the XG table would put them fifth. But in reality, um, they've had three, um, three penalties um, against them. Um, so the non, if we looked at the non-penalty XG, um, then it would probably be a lot lower. Um, 
sorry, a lot higher than it is than it is for them currently. Um, so I think that that's always an important thing to take into consideration. And yeah, their three their three uh, penalties conceded is a joint league high. Um, and Spurs have actually conceded that many as well. So both of them are conceding quite a few pens. Um, but, interest, but interestingly, Spurs have only been awarded one, which um, yeah still puts their 13.4 XG4 for Tottenham. Um, makes it really impressive for me. Uh, whereas Brighton have had two and they've actually had, have a fair, fair bit lower XG4 as well. So on the data front, Spurs... Um, yeah, a bit of a darlings of the data. One of your favourite terms, Mark. Um, mm. And yeah, they've uh, they've scored 16 goals um, so far. And I just think, like, just to list off who they have up front: Bale, Kane, Son, Lucas, Lamella, Bergwijn, and now Carlos Vinicius, who hasn't really had a look in yet. But at Benfica, he was a really good goal scorer. And I think if he actually gets, well, I don't know if he will really get that in this team until maybe there's a change of change of. Um, personnel up front but um yeah he maybe Kane will get an injury and he'll get a chance later in the season he's more of a a central striker so I wouldn't really put him on the wing but yeah um I think he could do really well in the Premier League at some point um but he's still very young um and yeah just I think they they have a really deep squad um so I don't think the Europa League is actually going to be a huge issue for them actually this season um I just quite like what Mourinho's Mourinho's doing there and it's just been a bit thwarted by some Rotten luck, really. That West Ham game, everyone, I think everyone under, saw that happen. Um, that 3-3, thrown away, 3-0 lead early on. They've, they've scored very early goals as well all season. I was looking at whether or not I could get some value on first half goals with Spurs, but there was nothing really that stood out. Um, but yeah, they threw that one away. I just, I think that they'll probably um, get off to a good start against Brighton again here. Um, but I hope, hope that they'll actually have learned from their lessons um Brighton themselves uh drawing at home to the baggies last weekend that was a bit of a failure to be honest on their part they've been they've been fairly decent as the as the xg would show but um in that game they didn't really really dominate it at all or anything their only goal come came by a, a mix-up between Ivanovic and Livermore which just basically rebounded off each other and into the net and they're winless now in in five games although two of those were against Man United um uh, yeah, they absolutely dominated um, the derby against Palace, um, which probably has also helped their XG massively. I think Palace only had one shot on target, so Palace, and it was a penalty, so their XG against in that game would have been very small, well, the open play XG at least, anyway. Um, but that's also just part and parcel of playing Palace, I think, as well. So I'm, I'm not really actually that sweet on Brighton. I, I kind of had them down as maybe 14th, 15th, not, not closer to mid mid-table like top I don't think they'll be knocking on top half doors but I don't really think that they'll be finishing around 10th or 11th so um, I like the, the Spurs uh, are 1.9 so 10 to 11 uh, to to win and also to have over 1.5 goals themselves so not not just over 1.5 goals in the game but over 1.5 Spurs goals and Spurs win is 1.9 which boosted the price from from uh, 8 to 13 quite considerably and I felt that that's quite a nice play otherwise that's my that's my next best otherwise I would consider Spurs scoring three or more goals um which is two to one with spread x not many people have a spread x account I don't think so uh 15 to 8 with with Skybet but yeah Spurs to win and over 1.5 Spurs goals at 10 to 11. Interesting yeah for all uh Brighton's um Progressive football under under Potter, they do tend to come up short against the big teams, and 
and get a bit found out at times, unfortunately. So let's see how they go against Spurs this weekend. Um, now on to the best part of the show. It's the Naps. Tom, I'm going to go back to you now for your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, it looks quite an obvious one, this. Um, I like to kind of mix things up, but I, I'm going to take PSG to beat Nantes and under 4.5 goals this weekend. That's 17 to 20 with Betway or 1.85. Um, I, I expected it to be around 4 to 6 this, so I do quite like the price. Um, PSG, they're motoring now, if, if you just look at their data as well. Um, they're top of the expected points uh, on around 20 through eight games, which is strong. Um, obviously, if you just think back to the start of the season, it, it was very haphazard for them. They had a lot of injuries, kind of COVID cases, and um, they went quite far into the Champions League as well. They've also, they also had the cup um, finals against San Etienne and Lyon as well to uh, negotiate. And that's kind of passed them now. Um, they've got near enough a fully fit squad. Um, well, for them anyway. And yeah, they, they travel to Nantes and uh, Nantes have done okay this season, to be fair. Um, but it, if I'm looking at it, it, it's kind of... PSG versus everyone else. Um, I'm not going to take too much into account when it does come to Nantes. I mean, they've not been in brilliant form um, of late anywhere, um, whereas PSG have. Uh, Nantes have lost four of the last six in all competitions, whereas PSG have um, won the last six in in the league and they're really motoring now, as I mentioned. And if you look at their expected goals ratio, it's above 80%, which is really, really strong. I mean, you expected it you expected it to be strong, but um, that's really quite frightening for everyone else in the league. And um, Moise Ken's come in and done really well, four in four. Um, I expect that he'd start here. Obviously, it's quite a quick turnaround, though, away in Istanbul the other night. Um, one, two, nil there. Mbappe setting Moise Ken up for two there. Both of them looked really good going forward. Plenty of options on the bench, like of Sarabia who can come in as well, uh, Rafinha as well. So they've got they've got lots of options as Tuchel, and I think that they're going to try and win and just get the job done and look forward to the next Champions League match. So a lot of the um, kind of games that I'm looking at for PSG in the league, I think they'll try to go 2-0 up and just see the game out. Obviously, Neymar went off injured um, at the weekend, and that kind of brings down the goal line a little bit more as well, in my opinion. Um, I think they'll just try and be quite functional here and get the job done, and they've got the players to do it. So, yeah, I'm going to take um, PSG to win an under 4.5. It's landed in nine of the last ten wins, and it's landed in all of Nantes' losses this season as well. So it's a nice way to bump up the one to three quarts about them. Uh, I mean, to get 17 to 20, chucking on under 4.5 goals, it looks a real corker to me. So that'll be my nap. Yeah, that is a cracker. You mentioned that getting the job done early, they've got two really crucial Champions League games back-to-back either side now of the, of the international break against Leipzig uh, in, that, in that group after losing to, uh, to United, of course. So they might look to, to rest and rotate when they get the game done and dusted early doors. Uh, Will, your favourite fancy for the weekend, please. Yeah, uh, another bon vivant heading head to France as well. Um, Lovely. Re- yeah, yeah. Uh, had another little just gander at the at the prices on the one x two in that league, and the one that jumped straight out was uh, Ren, um, who yeah have 
kind of hit the brakes on a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but I feel their opposition here will just probably allow them a great chance to get back on the on the winning trail. Um, they obviously they're fighting on two fronts in the Champions League, which is obviously a bit of a a big uh, jump up for them. But and uh, Sevilla on Wednesday night was um, a tough match for them. Uh, Julian Stefan, I was on the um, Get French Football News site, the the Bible for. French football in in English basically um and Julian Stefan said of that defeat that they regretted having not really pushed in in certain situations with the ball but is overall really pleased with the organization and I think that uh basically only conceding one goal there was actually probably a fairly good effort uh, on their part uh severe unbeaten at home in sort of 13 European games or something I think it is now so um can't really fault them too much on that and they won. They drew their first um, first fixture in that group as well. One 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 away at Krasnodar, but they were much the better team there. So they've done all right so far in Europe, to be honest. Um, and maybe if they get a couple home games, I think they might actually uh, pick up some points in that group. Um, and before this, anyway, before this bad run, they won four out of four, and they were top of the league, com- kind of compounding on their excellent 2019-20 uh, season. Uh, but now they're just they're winless. Uh, in three in the league and five in all comps, um, so I think that that has kind of had a bit of an impact on the price. If you'd have played, if you'd have played this game three weeks ago, um, their opposition being uh, Stad Brest, uh, I think that they'd have probably been more like one point six. Um, Brest themselves have had some mixed results, but my main takeaway from their from their fixtures is just defensive issues. Have conceded eighteen in eight games, which is joint most um, with the bottom side Dijon. Uh, and that includes, though, leaking three to um, all of Strasbourg, Nantes, Angers, Marseille and Nimes, um, which is not a great, I mean, Marseille, obviously a tough game, but the other, f- and Nantes can be as well. And Angers are having an all right season, but either way, like leaking three to five of those teams is not really um, a great sign at all. Um, and looking at that as well, it's not, there's not been any kind of fact that they've had like, red cards that have led to those results. They had one red against Nîmes um, in week one, but they were already 3-0 down when that happened. So I think it's been a pretty poor return from on their part. Um, they are they are 1-3, lost four. So their wins have come against Monaco, where they had a tiny fraction of the ball. Uh, the other two were against Dijon, um, who are obviously the, the bottom side again this season. And um, there was a red card shortly after halftime in that match, which I think probably help them get that victory and the other two was a uh, win was a 3-2 victory over Lorient who themselves haven't really had a good start um, they they lost a key player uh, in September he's gone to Saints uh, Ibrahim Amadou uh, sorry Ibrahim Ibrahima Diallo they look they were looking at getting Ibrahim Amadou from Sevilla but he's actually gone to to Angers so they were going to replace one Ibrahim with another <laughs> but um they they didn't they didn't manage to do that and so Diallo their defensive mid they they lost to Saints um, and I think he since he's left conceding three to Nantes and to Strasbourg was probably no coincidence um, and instead this season they focused on bringing in some attacking talent um, which has worked out fairly well um, Favre um, Mounier have both uh, have five goals between them and then another another striker who's been doing or a winger who's been doing well off the bench Honorat. Um, but yeah, there's just the whole side kind of feels a bit unbalanced as a result of investing mainly in these forwards to me, um, when maybe the defensive problems clearly right now are 
are rearing their heads. Um, so I, I, I was expect, I'm, I am expecting Ron to bag a few goals here, but looking, I was considering them to win a, a similar bet with them, like the one I have on the Spurs game, but they did win five of their 15 wins last season were 1-0, and they are the kind of team that would like to control a match. If they go ahead, they, they don't necessarily push on. They're quite good at controlling a game like that. So um, I'm, I'm not going to go with that instead. Um, and they've also not got Mbai Niang. He's been injured so far this season, and he had he had 10 last season in it was a curtailed season, wasn't it? So I can't remember how many fixtures. It wasn't many um, that they played in the, in league on last season. So ten was still a pretty good return from him. Um, so without him, I don't expect them to kind of run away with this. Maybe then they've kind of they've also got it's all changed really for their forward line um, for Ron Girassi, uh, and he's flanked by Doku on one wing and Terrier on the other wing, and they've all arrived this summer. Um, and then the other big big player for them is Kamavinga, which everyone on sort of any of these uh, football index or similar sites has kind of got their eyes on. Although I think it's pretty everyone's is a it's already it's not an unknown thing anymore. Everyone kind of knows who he is. He's only seventeen, but um, I think he's already been involved with the French national team. So um, he was arrested against Sevilla, which couldn't really find out why. Um, that literally, they just they claimed it was rested. So I'm assuming there was some slight injury. You wouldn't just not play him um, for no reason, to be honest. So uh, he should come back for this match. And I think that they're in a great position to win this. And I think that uh, 9 to 10 to win this is actually quite a big price. Um, elsewhere, just in the in the match, uh, the referee is uh, Stephanie Frappard, the, the French female ref. Uh, she likes a, a pen. She's 0.31 for pens per game but not really a red card, uh, very low on red cards. I would normally have, have probably, uh, Niang would normally take the penalties. So I've been obviously, I think a good thing that people have on Twitter that follow all of our channels and things um, have been noticing is pen takers are quite a, a good uh, moneymaker at the moment. If you find some value on a, a player being out, so Niang would be swapped in with Jurassi, who would take this normally. Um, there's no markets up yet, but one to look out for. But just to score any time, he's he's six to four because he's their main striker. So I don't, I wouldn't really opt for that. But but my nap, yeah, is uh is Ren to win at nine to ten. A bet three six five. Good stuff. Um, Ren obviously having a difficult game with Severe in midweek, but uh, they did miss Stephen Anzonzi. He was suspended late on in that match by UEFA, but he'll be back this weekend. So that'll be a big boost for them. Um, right, uh, that's. All we've got time for, apart from any other business. So the floor is yours, guys. Anything you've not mentioned which you want to shout about right now? Tom? Yeah, there's a couple of angles, to be honest, mate. Um, I'm just going to kind of run you through a, a couple of teams to win and under 4.5 goals, which is a market that I keep kind of delving into to try and get a bit more value out of. Uh, the first one I liked, Man City, Sheffield uh, United. On Saturday, uh, City up much better defensively at the minute, um, limiting chances. Ruben Diaz and Laporte both back in action now, and Sheffield United have offered very little going forward. Uh, that's 31 to 40, which is quite a generous price, I thought. Um, the other one I like is Port Vale to win on under 4.5 goals as they go to South End. Um, obviously, we've talked about South End in the past, and uh, they're Poor runs kind of continuing. We got involved with Tramia to win an under 4.5 as a nap last week. So 
that's even money with Betway as well. Um, the other one I like is Villarreal on Monday night uh, to beat Valladolid and under 4.5 goals, which is 7-8. to eight. Bit of an odd price, that, around 1.87, 1.88, if I've done my maths right. And, um, yeah, if I'm more against Valladolid than anything. They're, they've been terrible this season, sit rock bottom, not won a game. They're such a dour team. Um, they offer very, very little going forward. I think they lost uh, Enes Unal uh, in the summer as well. So they've got next to nothing going forward. Villarreal have enough players to get the win there. Um, but I, I think that they're involved in the Europa League as well. Um, so they're kind of playing Monday, Thursday, Sunday, um, etc. So I think they'll be happy to get the job done as well. So that as a treble pays around 6-1. to one. If you take all them teams to win and under 4.5 goals, if you want something a bit bigger. Um, and just a shout out for... Utrecht in um, Holland. They're away at Heracles this weekend. Their odds against 21 to 20 best price. And I was just looking through the data in the Eredivisie, and Utrecht really do stand out. They've been hammering in the shots. They're averaging 20 shots per game, which is incredible. Um, racking up a 2.34 expected goals for. They're only leaking 0.82 as well. Um, so really strong start from Utrecht. They've got some really interesting players going forward, like Mahi, uh, Adam Maher's still there as well. He's a good midfielder, um, and I do expect them to get the job done against the Heracles side, which are um, pretty average to be honest. Uh, their expected goals against is around 1.4, which isn't great, and um, they're only averaging around one expected goal for as well. Um, so yeah, Utrecht. I thought if they're odds against, they could be a bet. So um, that's something a bit different. That's actually kicking off in the morning. I think it's Sunday. It might be Saturday, but it's around eleven fifteen kickoff. Weirdly, um, so don't don't lie in for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, always keen for a bit of error to VC on the podcast. So good for bringing to the table. Will any other business on your end? Yeah, just quickly forgot to mention with the United pen taker situation with. Um, Martial taking it um, but I think that Fernandez will still be the main pen taker it was more of a case that Rashford was on a hat-trick and Rashford handed it over to Martial, Martial because he hadn't scored yet this season so expect it to go back to Fernandez. but he is only a smidgen bigger than the than the four to one for Man United to score a pen so I'd rather not risk risk it unless there was a bit of extra value on him um, and then I agree with uh, Port Vale winning this weekend at four to five and also uh Salford to beat Oldham I think at four to five was a price that I saw that I expect to probably go off a lot shorter than that um and that's it from me all right some good stuff EFL love the EFL uh right that's us for this week uh thanks guys uh thanks also to you guys for listening again just let us know if you've enjoyed it or if you haven't please let us know why or give us some feedback on or just some ideas for future editions because uh, we're keen to hear what you guys want so we can sculpt a better show for you to listen to in future weeks. Um, But, yeah, that's us for this week. So thanks again to you, Tom. Cheers, mate. Best of luck, everyone. And to you as well, Will. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one, chaps. Cheers, guys. This has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Thank you and chat soon.